Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey there, thanks for joining me on another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. A few weeks ago, we started a conversation with spiritual director Chris Wood on stress, worry, and overwhelm, but we didn't get to finish. We had to split it into two episodes to fully do it justice, and it's finally time to get to part two. Sorry if the waiting stressed you out, but I promise there was a reason for it. We just flipped the calendar to the month of November, and the next eight weeks tend to be the busiest of the year, sometimes unnecessarily so, creating an exorbitant amount of pressure for us because in addition to going to work and raising family, it feels like there's three million other things that we need to do, like go shopping for Christmas presents, start stocking up for Thanksgiving, the kids have random days off from school, winter sports are starting, etc., etc. Within the last four weeks alone on our podcast, we've talked about the pains of infertility, politics in Pennsylvania as it pertains to pro-life legislation, vocations and career choices, all of which are sources of stress, worry, and overwhelm for many of us. And it can be hard to determine what a healthy level of stress looks like, especially during such a busy season. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, I'd pause here and jump back to episode 86 to help you put into context what you may be feeling. Because today, we're going to dive deeper, and we're going to talk about what unhealthy levels of stress, worry, and overwhelm look like when we should consider seeking the assistance of medication, and tactile ways we can improve our stress levels naturally. To start, I want to go back to something you said about medication. I want to talk about that for a second because I know neither of us are physicians and we're not, you know, psychiatrists or psychologists, but having struggled with anxiety in my own life to the point where I needed medication, when should we consider help in the form of therapy or medication? Like when... When is it too much that just praying isn't isn't really cutting it for us anymore? Well, if you're in spiritual direction and you're dealing with these in spiritual direction, you know, as a spiritual director who goes through a formation program like I did, we have the ability to discern and to give you that advice. So that's one step, but Mm -hmm. obviously not everybody's in spiritual direction. But for me, uh, I would say... For sure, when you start having physical symptoms or the beginnings of that, because that's one of the things I recently just read. Actually, I'll just pull it up real quick. Okay. Um, this is something I've been reading about anger, but it also relates to, because um, anger comes with these things too. When we're stressed and worried and overwhelmed, usually we also struggle with anger. And oh, for sure. Moments. And irritability. Yeah, and... big time. So I just read, this is from uh, some a doctor So he's talking about anger, but this also relates to what we've been talking about. Okay. So he's talking about the long-term effects of anger, but I know this also is the same for long-term effects of really bad anxiety and stress. Ulcers, heart ailments, strokes, arthritis, and depression. So for sure, I always believe that we should explore every option before we go to medicine. 
because we don't want to just spend our whole lives tranquilized because usually, you know, anxiety mood meds are tranquilizers mm-hmm. from what I understand. Um, and there's a need for that and there's a time for that. Um, but we live in a society now where I've talked to people who struggle with depression or anxiety and like, I'm like, okay, well, do you see a therapist or a psychologist? Or and they're like, yeah, I see my psychiatrist once a month. I'm like, well, what do you talk about? He's like, oh, they're just med checks. I'm like, well, what about like practical tools? Like, what do you do for like working on this on a different level? And he's like, well, you know, people just describe, they just go and see this psychiatrist and they talk about how they're feeling and then they adjust the meds. So it's like this idea that you'll just, this med makes you feel better. So you'll just take it until you don't need it or forever, which is for a lot of people. So my inclination is to do everything you can before you take medicine. But for sure, if you're experiencing physical symptoms, but also when you get to a point where you can't function in what you're called to do again, like there's practical things we can do with prayer and also Stepping back from things, taking a break from things, saying no to things, slowing our life down, simplifying our lives, meditation, breath work. Like there's all these wonderful things to help. Again, I'm talking about with stress, where all the things we're talking about. But if you get to a point where you're really trying these things, but you're, you're still, it's still just not working, then you'd want to take that next step. But I would say like an easy place to draw the line is if you're dealing with anxiety so bad or stress or whatever, that you are at a point where you can't function, like you can't do the the basic things you're supposed to do, like take care of yourself and your children and be uh, effective in your marriage or whatever, like, or your job, like then you might need to make a more significant jump. But up until that point, I would recommend everyone try everything they can to avoid being tranquilized basically because I've talked to quite a few people who have taken medicine also for depression too. And they, they don't like it, you know, like, because it may make them feel better, but it also doesn't make them feel great either. Like they don't, they're not fixing the problem. Mm. So again, like, I don't want to sound like I'm anti-medicine because it has a place I've known people with chemical imbalances, like they need these things. But when it comes to stress and anxiety, I think there's a real epidemic in today's world where people are just going the easy route and just getting the tranquilizers and just being medically tranquil, which I don't think we're called to do that. But again, if you're to the point in your life where you can't function and it's becoming unhealthy, then you should take a look at that. But still also try and work on the other things to get to a point where you no longer need those medicines. So Yeah. Uh, for, as as someone who has been medicated several times in my life, I did not like it every single time that I was on it. It just, I felt like I couldn't be creative. Mm-hmm. And like when it was at its worst, it felt like there were two of me and like I was dragging one side of me like through life. It just felt like I was existing. But I will say when I was especially struggling with postpartum depression, which came with generalized anxiety. It was just a whole fun bag of, you know, emotions. Um, it, it legit saved my life because I was not, I was, like you said, I was not functioning. I, my hygiene, I couldn't take care of myself, let alone take care of my newborn baby. 
I was working and it was just, it was too much. And the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that like medication and therapy are definitely tools to keep in a box. And I, and I feel like if you're going to do the medication route, you absolutely have to do talk therapy as well, because it's nothing but a big toolbox and you keep things in there like prayer and nutrition, especially I found, especially in the last like year, just Mm -hmm. changing how I fuel my body has done wonders for my mood and for just being able to keep a handle on that stress and anxiety. It like, it doesn't seem as bad as it would have two years ago when I wasn't Mm -hmm. doing stuff like that. Um, but like, like we talked about priorities, picking out priorities and, you know, making stuff like moving your body or going to therapy, especially prayer, changing maybe your nutrition habits, getting outside because we spend so much time inside. You'd be amazed and, and maybe you wouldn't need medication, but maybe you do. Maybe you're at a point in your life where you're experiencing physical symptoms or you can't function, let alone take care of anyone else, Mm -hmm. um, show up where you need to show up. And you just, you just need something to kind of get you over that threshold in addition to everything else. It's, it's, it's a tool, but it's not something that should be entirely relied upon. What we should be entirely relying upon is, is God. And then Mm -hmm. using everything else that he gave us to kind of make it work. Well, that's something I can speak to for a minute is, Cause I was going to bring up the same thing. I, I talked about this, I think on the last one uh, about we have physical health, mental health, and like spiritual health. Mm-hmm. Right. And they all affect each other, but they also have to be treated separately. Mm-hmm. So like I said earlier, you know, we may pray, God, help me, help me, help me. And he might just be like, you do these, you know, there's things you can do. Like I said, it's, so it's not just stepping back, but you get into a good point. Like, we're talking about the relationship between our spiritual health and our mental health, but the physical health has a huge role. And that's something I can definitely talk to from my personal experience as somebody who has struggled with trying to stay at a healthy weight and diet. Like if I'm not careful, I'll eat myself into oblivion. Same. Yeah. And like, then that's also a stress response, mm-hmm. right? Nothing makes me feel better than a Big Mac. You know what I mean? So <laughs> The milkshake, right? Or what's that that guy from the the Austin Powers movie? He's like, I'm unhappy because I eat, but yeah. I eat because I'm yeah, unhappy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. me. <laughs> yep. I get it. So I've been stuck in that too. And again, that's all band-aids of worldly pleasure, which is a whole nother thing. But the other thing is, like I said, when I'm dealing with stress and anxiety, I'm I'm struggling the most. Like I said, I can look and see that my prayer life is messed up. Usually always. But also my physical health is not right. So mm. I never, ever in the world have a better day than when I have the motivation to get up, not only do my morning prayer, but also some sort of exercise. And now people are going to throw their phones out the window <laughs> because I'm going to talk about diet and exercise. And please, like, Google a picture of me. I'm not the physical picture of health here. But I am a person who knows for sure that when I'm physically active and I'm eating right, which the way that suits my body, because everybody's body's different, when I am on track with that, as well as my spiritual life, my mental health is always the best. 
Like I never have a better day than like in the fall. I hate hot weather. So like I'm the opposite. Most people lose weight in the summer and gain weight in the winter. I'm the opposite because I don't like hot weather and I, I eat like a pig all summer because of youth ministry cookouts and stuff. I could live off of hot dogs and macaroni salad. So, <laughs> but in the fall, I come alive because the weather cools down and I hike and bike a lot more. So like this time of year, I'll start getting up early because I'm up early anyway and like hiking or biking on the rail trail or Lake Redmond or something with the sunrise. And like those days, especially like if I go with a friend, like those days when I start my day with that. Now, again, I have a different kind of schedule. I know not everybody has that kind of work schedule. I do youth ministry full time, mm -hmm. so I do not have a normal work schedule. But still, when I make the priority to start my day with physical exercise and prayer, and I'm putting the right things in my body, the mental health aspects almost completely go away. Um, like the anxiety, the stress, and that's just the practicalities of the way God created us. If you put yourself in a stressful situation, like a whatever you can do exercise wise, you don't feel stressed. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ride your bike for two hours or an hour, whatever, I'm talking about my thing, but like if you go for a 30 minute jog in the morning, whatever you can do, you're not going to feel as stressed because you just put your body through stress. So like, that's why people usually feel pretty relaxed after they exercise. But again, it's also, I can tell from personal, like my life, like when I'm, fueling my body properly which i'm called to do we're called to take care of ourselves um so when i'm fueled with the right stuff like i said everything lines up because our physical health affects our mental and spiritual health and the other thing i can say from personal experience i've dealt with recently is not only what we eat but also what we consume because a big um issue in today's society is everyone not everyone so many people are uh, addicted to caffeine mm which is kind of a random thing for me to bring up. But in my personal life, I've recently, well, my wife, you know, because our spouses are really good at pointing out the things that we're not doing right, which is great most of the time. <laughs> but um, she noticed that I was dealing with, I was stressed more, which leads to me being grumpy and irritable. And she realized I was consuming higher levels of, of caffeine. So like for me, I'm just giving a practical example for my own life here caffeine is a stimulant, right? So like if you're dealing with highs of emotions, like the stress and the anxiety, caffeine is obviously not going to make that better. Right. So I had to stop because again, my physical health wasn't great, which meant I was not feeling great and I was band-aiding it with caffeine. So like, I don't like coffee that much, but I was like using these additives because I drink a lot of water in the morning. It's something I've always been good at. But I was adding this stuff that had like a ton of caffeine and B vitamins. And I basically was drinking a giant energy drink every morning, mm. although I was convincing myself it was healthy. <laughs> and it was stimulating me. to, the, And it was great in a way because I was awake and like it counteracted the sluggishness I felt because my physical health wasn't great. And it started my day. Again, that's why most people love their morning cup of coffee. But it was also with a problem I was having, it was amplifying my um, stress and anxiety and all the things we've been talking about because I was stimulated by a drug because um, that's what caffeine is. It's a drug. So again, I know that's kind of a random thing to bring up, but like for me, talking about having to make actual changes in my life, I have recent, very recently pretty much eliminated caffeine. Not completely. Um, like I had a small cup of coffee this morning. But like, 
that's all. And like, um, you know, if we go out to breakfast or something like, um, one cup of coffee and I stopped with it cause I never drank that much coffee anyway. It was more the artificial stuff. Like I added to my water. I had to get rid of that. And that's what I realized. Like it's better for me to be a little sleepy and calm than wide awake. And again, I was white knuckling days. Like, uh, then my wife again, cause she lives with me and our spouses see the ugliest side of us. Like she's like, no, she's, she saw me like putting this stuff in my water. She's like, what's in that? And I'm like, it's all this. She's like, that's a, it was a ton of caffeine. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, she's like, well, no wonder you're like my fight or flight was constantly going. Cause she's like, you're so, I was, it was just irritable and grouchy and frustrated. And again, I was happy when things were good. Cause again, when you drink that caffeine, you're like, oh, but like I could turn on a dime. So again, that's random, but that's just an example of how in my life I had to just make an actual change. Mm-hmm. You know, God didn't like wave his miracle wand over me and click anything in my brain. I had to stop super dosing myself with caffeine and I have immediately felt the benefits of less stress and anxiety because I've cut that stimulant. Am I a little more sleepy in the mornings? Yes. But again, that's better. So again, talking about our physical health, that's just an example that's worked for me. It's like I but I had to make a change. I couldn't just pray that away. Like my wife had to point out again, God works through everyone, especially our spouses. Like you shouldn't be super dosing yourself with caffeine every morning if you're struggling with stress and anxiety. And so I I had the humility to listen to her, which I don't always have. (laughs) And literally like two days later, she's like, are you feeling better? I'm like, yep, you were right. So again, um, that was just an example of like, sometimes we have to just do something and our physical health is super important in all of this. Again, not a psychologist, not a nutritionist, but like a person who lives in this planet. I know that all, like I said before, physical health, mental health, spiritual health, we have to work on all those things because they affect each other. So I a hundred percent agree. I had foot surgery recently and the first two weeks I was not allowed to walk. I had to have crutches. I had to be sitting on the sofa And my mood just tanked because I went from like being somewhat active, you know, I took my dog on a walk. I would do weights and had gotten back into boxing, which is something I used to do growing up. And now I'm stuck on the sofa and can't Mm -hmm. do anything. And I was just, I couldn't figure out why I was so sad all the time. (laughs) And then I started working with a nutritionist just to kind of like dial in my nutrition a little bit more. And she goes, well, you're not, you're not as active as you were. Like that might have something to do with your mood. She's like, what else can we do in the meantime until you're able to move? And she's like, also, did you know that there's some like really great workouts on YouTube for foot injuries? And I was like, I don't know why I didn't think of that. But mm-hmm. eventually I worked up the strength to to be able to sit and do a workout and just getting that little bit of movement and mm-hmm. that sweat going. It, it did wonders, did wonders for my mood. But I want to back up to something you said about having the courage to act and to actually take action and, and do move. Cause I, I didn't have to get up and do this chair work and I could have sat and sulked on the sofa if I wanted to, but Padre Pio used to say, pray, act, and don't worry. And if you've watched a lot of Disney, like I have, um, Anna in frozen two, she sings an entire song about depression. And when you don't know how to carry on, you just do the next right thing. If we're consumed with worry and overwhelm, how do we know what the next right thing is and just act? 
Well, we can quote Mother Teresa here again, because I think it was her that said that becoming a saint is just doing the next good thing. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we know what's good? Well, we study scripture, we study our faith, we participate in the church, and we learn, you know, the difference between good and evil. You know, God's law, God's way he's built the world, there's clear rights and wrongs and goods and bads, you know. And we live in a world of relativism, so society doesn't want to accept that. But the church and God teaches us that. So defining what doing the next good thing is, is not that difficult because we're called to serve others we're called to show love of god to others so you know it's not this simple i think when you're dealing with stress and all these things we've been talking about i don't know if just moving forward to just do the next good like that might not fix it like i said there's there's we're dealing with something that might take more than just doing the next good thing like in the i know the song you're talking about in frozen too it's a good message but if you're struggling with crippling anxiety, it's not going to work. Right. Because that's just going to be another thing you're going to worry about doing. So that's why I said we have to back up. And again, talking about prayer, we have to surrender ourselves to God and his will and his help, but also take a look at what we already talked about, the aspects of our lives, things that need to change. We have to do something. You have to stop. Because if you're moving forward and just doing the next thing you think is good and you're still just, I'm going to keep using the term white knuckling your life, at some point you just have to stop and step back and just prayerfully take a look at what needs to change. And that's why I said we, I've given different examples of that. Like where's your prayer life at? Where are your priorities at? Are you like me consuming huge doses of caffeine that are screwing you up? So like you have to take a look at that. But um, I know the quote from Padre Pio is pray, hope, and don't worry. Oh, maybe I misquoted okay. it. Okay. Um, so, but again, there could be different ones. But um, so I think he gets it to the, again, it's, it's one of the pray, hope, and don't worry, or pray, act, and don't worry. It, again, it, St. Padre Pio, there's so much to that. But if you want to talk about Padre Pio, we have to look at the Capuchin lifestyle, right? Because he was a Capuchin friar. So if you look at his quote that looks so pretty when you paint it on your wall or put it on a t-shirt, puke, like <laughs> that, there's so much more to it. Because if you look at the lifestyle of Capuchin friars, pray, hope, and don't worry makes sense for them because they give up everything to serve God. They don't own anything. They mm -hmm. live in community. They rely fully on just the way Jesus called his apostles. Take, leave everything behind and follow me. And then when Jesus left and left them to build the church, he's like, go out. you like, just go out with nothing. Like literally like live, rely on God for everything, which comes through people's generosity. So like Capuchin Friars, they don't really own anything. They just live their lives centered around God and serving, which we are called to do in our vocations as well. Not in the same way as married people with kids. We can't just give up everything we like that's We can't, but there's still elements of that. So what they're dealing with there is detachment. They're dealing with what we're all supposed to work on is detachment. Because again, if you're stressed, if you're worried, if you're anxious, you're probably attached to some idea of the way you think things are supposed to be in your life or you're worried about the future. 
So we're not supposed to be attached like that. You know, detachment is a huge word in our spiritual lives. We don't detach in the way we don't care about things, but our, we get to a point where God helps us detach in a way that we rely on him so much that our joy isn't dependent on those things. Our happiness, our peace, because what we're talking about here, and really what I should get to is a lack of inner peace, of inner silence. That's what it is. It's all stress, anxiety, worry. It has exterior manifestations, but really it's an interior problem. It's mm -hmm. all that noise, the knots inside of us, what we can feel, but also experience. And again, when we feel frozen in our minds. So that's all, um, again, that gets to detach. So when you look at, when you reference Padre Pio, it, it's like what you say when people frustrate you about, you should pray more. It's like, oh, Padre Pio said, pray, hope, and don't worry. Well, that doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> exactly. But again, you're not, um, you're not looking at Padre Pio and his life fully because the reason why Padre Pio could say just pray hope or pray act and don't worry is good too is because that Capuchin lifestyle promotes that detachment and full reliance on God that's missing in a person's life that's experiencing these things that we're talking about. Now again there's so much to that and it takes time, you know, it's not some switch that can flip. Padre Pio wasn't just, he's a saint and he did all these wonderful things, but like he didn't just, he wasn't born that way. Like it wasn't just immediate in his life. Like all of our, all the saints that we study or we study, we learn about, they had a life to live. That was a journey of their path towards sainthood. So, but again, if you're going to quote Padre Pio, you have to go deeper than just the quote and understand mm. that that is very much a saying that would come from a Capuchin of like, just pray, just hope in God, act, don't worry. Like that comes like if you, if you, you know, study, you know, Franciscan spirituality, that comes with that, which again that requires studying Franciscan spirituality and maybe putting some of those practices into your life. Again, all things that you can do to help combat these issues that we're talking about. We have to stop with the wall quote lifestyle of just pray. Like, shut up. Like, yeah, come on. choose joy. Yeah, like... okay. Like, I'm trying. There's some things in our lives that need to change and we have to change them. God's not just going to come in and fix everything. Like I said, look at that quote I said, like, if you want to move a mountain in your life, God's going to give you a shovel, you know, or he's going to send people in your life. Like my wife who like pointed out that thing with me, like you got to stop doing that because it's not helping you. Mm -hmm. And like, I had to have the humility to listen. So all of those things play into it. We've unfortunately run out of time. But if you'd like to hear the rest of this episode, you can listen to us anytime on Spotify under Candid Catholic Convos, or you can download this episode from our website at hbgdiocese.org. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash D-A-C 
and clicking the Make a Donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.